You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome to the all-new Thunderquack podcast. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. And uh, here we are. This is it. It's, it's, I know I had said May 19th. It's the 20th when we're recording this. Yesterday was the 19th. Um, I, but our, our, the new Patreon stuff all launched over the weekend. Right. Um, and, uh, it's a holiday Monday for us in Canada. It's, uh, it's Victoria Day today. I'm sure, I think Memorial Day weekend is next weekend in the States. Oh, really? I don't oh, think, I don't think that they're no, synced no, up this They're year. definitely not, because I know that I've been getting lots of emails today for yeah, work. Yeah, Um, <laughs> so. but, uh, but we had the day off, so, I uh, so it made more sense to kind of move it to, to the Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and Monday nights are when we're going to normally record. Yeah, we're, we're recording during the day on a Monday, yeah. but... Um, but normally we'll be recording the new podcast Monday nights. Um, this is the new ish format. It's not, it's not really going to change that much from, uh, from what we've been doing on the exclusives. The one difference is that for the first time with the exception of a couple of exclusive round tables that I put out, um, on MP3, uh, this is the first free episode of, of the, the Thunder, Thunder Quack Quack. podcast. Yeah. So. Um, you may have come here from, from one of our other shows, or you may actually, you may actually be getting this episode. You'll get the next, this episode and the next, uh, seven episodes all, uh, in, in the feed that you're already subscribed to, whether that's, uh, Quiver or Irregularly Scheduled, uh, you'll, if you're subscribed to those feeds, you'll get this podcast because that's exactly what this podcast is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Amanda and I had done irregularly scheduled for a little while. Um, and uh, I, it was just, I, it, I don't know. It just, it, it was a little bit of extra overhead that wasn't really necessary. Not a lot of people were listening to it. Um, more people listened to quiver for sure. And all of the same people that were listening to irregularly scheduled are Thunderquack supporters. So <laughs> Might as it's well almost just like do one the Thunderquack one. one, right? Yeah, so we we were just doing the Thunderquack podcast. So if you were subscribed to that feed and you haven't gotten anything in a while, that's why. Um, uh, but you probably already know that because you're probably already a Thunderquack supporter. But for the few people who maybe weren't, um, that's why you're getting this now. Uh, and I, I, the new home of this content will be on Thunderquack.com moving forward but um but yeah if you're if you're already subscribed to those other shows you're getting this because when arrow ends this is what we're gonna do yeah keep the podcast alive and it's like the summer of smallville but it's like the summer of star wars basically essentially yes yeah so so what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're going to um run down the news uh from the last week um, I don't actually have a rundown. Well, I was gonna say, were we week. supposed to look at something? No. Usually, you send me a document. <laughs> no, but um, but it's basically everything that's happened since the last time we recorded, which was only yeah. about two and a half weeks ago. Right. Yeah. So, 
Um, so there's not really that much to talk about, and and we don't need the rundown to do it. We recorded last week. Oh, you we mean the thunder, thunder quack? quack. Yeah. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Right, because um, the thunder quack. We've been doing that one for a while. Yeah, I keep forgetting that, that we've been doing the thunder quack for a while. Yeah. Which now, if you're listening to this, at the if, fu- you get back catalog, so yeah. you can go back and like listen to all of the. The, the Thunder Quack. Episodes. Yeah, because yeah. we've been doing a lot. Some of them yeah. are really fun, actually. I think so. I cool Yeah, stuff. I've always been really happy with what we do on Thunder Quack. Um, and it was always a sh- it's always been a shame to me that it's behind a paywall. So yeah, it's yeah, nice yeah. now that it's not. Um, now all of the content is out there and it's free and accessible. Um, there Maybe in the future we'll get back to doing some sort of exclusive podcast just for supporters. But... Um, but essentially, uh, if you are listening to this for free and you're wondering what do you get if you pay extra, um, the the regular show is uh, what you're hearing right now, which you know we have our little intro preamble sort of stuff, and then we go into news, and then we'll have a big topic every week. Um, but for this summer, uh, what we're going to be doing is a, a preview of a new show that we're going to do starting in January called Thunderquack Ranked. So we've got uh, one of the three shows for Thunderquack. We have the Thunderquack Podcast, which is just strictly speaking a podcast. And then we have Thunderquack Reviewed, which is reviews of movies. So uh, Detective Pikachu is up on our YouTube page right now. Um, Or if you're a Patreon supporter at $5 and above, you get the MP3. Um, And then we'll have Thunderquack Ranked, which will also live on YouTube and be an exclusive uh, MP3 at $5 and above. On Patreon, um, and Thunderquack ranked is gonna be us going through franchises and uh, uh, discussing each entry in the franchise and then putting it in a ranking. So for the summer, uh, in the lead up to, and this is all there's a really big asterisk next to this. I mm-hmm. uh, in the lead up or sorry in the summer we're we're gonna do all eight of the the mainline Star Wars movies. And we're going to rank them. Um, so we're starting today in honor of the 20th anniversary of The Phantom Menace with episode one, The Phantom Menace. Uh, and then we're going to go through the other seven movies. Uh, but um, the big asterisk is time permitting. <laughs> because if the kid comes early, my wife is pregnant for those who, who don't know that. Um, and if that kid comes early, that means that we will go on a brief hiatus <laughs> yeah. um, and we'll record whatever is left uh, uh, when uh, when things have kind of settled down a little bit mm-hmm. uh, around here. But um, but the hope is that we can get through. I think I think we're we're pretty solid. The baby's not due for about nine ten weeks, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily maybe they'll be very punctual. Yeah, uh, very punctual or early. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Uh, so yeah, the plan for the for the summer is our big topic every week will be our discussion of of the different uh, movies. I can't believe we haven't talked about Star Wars yet. I guess it's just because you podcast so much about Star Wars. Yeah, other things it's that a different show, right? Yeah, that I haven't like thought about the fact that yeah. we've never actually really podcasted about Star Wars. That's the other yeah. good thing about the Thunderquack podcast, right? Is that uh, we. We were stuck talking about Arrow, <laughs> which meant that there was a lot of DC talk. Uh, there's a lot of comic book talk in general. The MCU would come up just kind of by, yeah. by default because you're talking about comic book TV and movies. Yeah. So you, t- you end up talking about that stuff in the Netflix shows and stuff. But with this, 
um, we'll actually be able to make more of a conscious effort to talk about the, th- the other things that we love, like Star Wars, which is... I mean, we'll talk more about this on next week's episode when we talk about Attack of the Clones, but that's how Amanda and I became friends in the first place. And Shakespeare. And Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Shakespeare, Shakespeare and Star Wars. There's, Hashtag. There's no difference uh, with the prequels, though. There and you that, go. That'll Fair. Be, let's save all this for the end, because <laughs> we got to do our news first. So, um, yeah, let's, let's get into that. Let's get into the news. So, since the last time that we uh, that we recorded, uh, uh, we had recorded just after... Um, Endgame had come out, right. uh, and uh, and and there were some other big movies um, from May that hadn't come out yet. So let's what what else? What came out the first week of May? Something did. <laughs> I'm asking the wrong person. I, right? Yeah, I um, I don't. Detective really... Pikachu came out a, a week that was or two one, yeah. ago, and um, we had sort of overlapped because we had sort of gotten into May because we were a little late on it. But it was like where yeah. Sonic had come out technically May first, like the trailer. The, the trailer, yeah. And stuff. Um, but yeah, I Endgame ended up grossing uh, over a billion dollars in its first weekend, <laughs> uh, which broke. Uh, it's now beat Avatar. Broke if that's the record. The, that's yeah. the standard. Yeah, and since we recorded, yeah, it's it has uh, blown way past Avatar. And the thing, the thing that you have to remember about the Avatar record is that's the entire run. Of Avatar, right? The entire oh, wow. time it was in theaters, and Avatar was in theaters. It came For, like, out in I want to say November, yeah, yeah, and it was in the theaters until like March. Like you could right. very easily go see it because all these theaters had added three D screens for the first time. Um, that that is the one good thing about Avatar is like it, the movie itself doesn't hold up, but it, it was did, revolutionary it and it, it yeah. really changed in the same way. That Attack of the Clones, which we'll talk about next week, changed things with digital projection. Um, Avatar made 3D a standard yeah, in, yeah. in a lot of theaters. Yeah. And because there weren't a lot of other 3D movies at the time, at least not movies of the same caliber in 3D, I, Avatar got an extended run. It, it got <laughs> so to, much, to yeah. hang around in theaters for a really long yeah. time. And it did well during that entire run. But uh, I, that kind of inflates the numbers compared to some other movies um, because... It really did because it was like more expensive. It was more the, expensive yeah. at the time and yeah. yeah. Um, it was Tolkien and John Wick 3. Those yeah, John Wick 3 came out this past, yeah. this past Friday. Uh, I haven't gotten to see it yet. Um, I still need to see John Wick 2, honestly. But, um, I haven't watched any of Oh, really? John Wick's so good. People keep it's telling me so that. It's so good. So the thing that's cool about John Wick is that John Wick on the surface is like an action yeah. spectacle, right? Yeah. And and on those merits alone, it's fantastic because it's it is I think they're the best action movies, like straight action, not like genre. Right, yeah. yeah. You know, but like just straight action, like mm-hmm. guys with guns doing backflips, right? Um, the sort of thing that Arrow excelled at yeah. on TV yeah. uh, in its first few seasons. Yeah. Um, before it got a little too stale. I yeah. uh, but that same sort of that that same sort of action feel. Um, but then there's another surface underneath of like almost it it's it's um, the characters are kind of uh, Greek myth uh, inspired. Oh, like there's kind of a that. it's not just Greek myth like there's oh, there's a bunch of mythology sort of woven together, but there's um 
uh, um, uh, Movies with Mikey, which is a really great uh, show on YouTube, uh, does a he, uh, uh, Mikey Newman does an excellent uh, dissection of John Wick to sort of and I actually watched that before I watched John Wick. Like oh, I kind of I had kind of written John Wick off, like yeah. I think a lot of people did. It's like oh, it's just an action movie. Yeah, like it's the same as like Jack Reacher with Tom Cruise. Yeah, right? like whatever you know. Yeah, um, it's a it's a born. Yeah, 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 movie, born identity, right? yeah, whatever, yeah. Um, and then I watched this thing, and I was like, oh, there's, like, way more to this. Really? To this see, because now there's, I like, didn't know that. Level. I didn't know that, because yeah. that's the same thing to me. I'm kind of like, eh, I'll if I want to see yeah. this in and I, I think that the John Wick franchise will go on for a long time, which means that at some point we'll do it on Ranked, <laughs> which means that you'll have a reason to go back and nice, watch them. Nice, um, nice. But, yeah, it, there's, like, a really cool undercurrent, like, sort of subtextual narrative going on in the John Wick movies, um, having only seen the first one, but knowing a little bit about the second and the third, um, that, that I find really cool that that's, um, it's, you know what? They are actually the matrix done better. Like better. <laughs> yeah. Cause the, ma- the first matrix movie, I think does a really good job of that. Um, like sort of having, it's an action movie, but then there's this sort of meta narrative to it. Um, that's about more than just the action. Yeah. Um, and the action is just sort of like a way to get you interested. Uh, but, but John Wick, it's, because it's Keanu Reeves as well, it's, the comparison is really easy to make, but stylistically, like they're very similar stylistically. Like there's a reason why he was cast. Right. And it's coming out of the matrix. So that's, that's kind of how they're tangentially connected. But, um, it's almost it's it's one of those things where it's like it wouldn't be as good of it as it was if it weren't for the Matrix. Oh, but okay, yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah. a better take on the sort of action with a meaning, right? Cool. Sort of nice. uh, Matrix type thing. Maybe um, I'll watch it. Yeah, uh, the first one I think is on Netflix. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I uh, yeah. So John Wick three came out this weekend. I don't know how it's doing. I haven't really checked, but but um, Endgame destroyed. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Detective Pikachu is also doing super well. Oh, really? Because um, oh. I've been hearing mixed things, so I didn't know like, how it's, well it was actually uh, doing. It, made, the it made like $179 million in its opening weekend. <laughs> it, it, it's the budget yeah. was $150 million, Oh, wow. Okay, right? So, yeah. so yeah. it made back its production budget. You also have to add on marketing, and etc. Mm-hmm. But it's Pokemon Detective Pikachu, right? Like, yeah, yeah. When the movie was announced, a lot of people looked at it and went, there's no way that this movie comes out or is any good. <laughs> and uh, and I think that, that it, a lot of people were really surprised at A, the fact that it happened, B, yeah. who was involved, and C, that it was actually a pretty good movie. Yeah. Um, it's a kid's movie. Yeah. There's, like, it's a family movie. There's no getting away from that. It's Pokemon. Yeah. So people who thought that it was going to be Deadpool but with Pokemon were deluded in the first place. <laughs> but, uh, but it, yeah, it is, it's a good movie. Nice. I mean, like, I, you can go listen to the, the to the Thunderquack Reviewed um, to hear me and Aaron talk about it in detail. But I'll just say here, um, I had a bad experience in the movie theater with Kara didn't want to sit and watch the movie. She was kind of being obnoxious. We, we went to a later showing, to a five o'clock showing. So she was a little bit antsy. Um, and, but 
uh, so I had to take her out of the theater twice. Crystal had to take her out of the theater twice to talk to her and say, like, you gotta right. stop, right. sit, watch the movie. So that kind of interrupted, you know, the viewing the experience. Things, yeah. But even worse than that, the kid, kids behind us, their parents didn't care that their kids were disrupting the movie. Mm-hmm. So I, and, and I'll say, I, I may have made a point to say before the movie, because I could tell that these kids were going to be a little obnoxious, to say to Cara, like, we don't, to like, very loudly, like, we don't talk during the movie, mm-hmm. we sit nicely in our seat, right, like, going through all the rules of the movie theater, hoping that these kids behind me might, might hear it, and a little bit of it might rub off. That did not happen. Mm-hmm. And the parents were very clearly not interested in making sure that their kids were behaving, because the little girl behind me was just kicking my seat the mm-hmm. whole movie. So that kind of, yeah, that kind of wrecked my experience in the theater. But the more I thought about the movie after the fact, the more I realized like, well, I liked the the movie movie itself. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't, I, I was a little bit distracted and didn't quite catch as much of the humor. I wasn't in the right, the right mood to enjoy the humor and stuff as much as I would have otherwise. And the, and as well as catching all of the inside jokes and references to the Pokemon anime and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I think it's worth going to see. Cool. Um, and a lot of people agree, because it did really well. It there The sequels are already in the works. Apparently yeah. there's two sequels to Detective Pikachu specifically, as well as spinoffs yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that are all sort of in development. Cool. Um, so yeah, I, I think that we'll be watching Pokemon movies in the theater for a little while, which is nice. Because nice. um, most video game movies are terrible. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but they managed to pull it off this time, so... Uh, yeah, I, I guess the, the other big piece of news, uh, is just the end of Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch the finale I last sure night? I did, yeah. yeah. Um. No spoilers. Yeah, without going into spoilers, because I think maybe we need to kind of save that for a little bit, and then we can talk yeah. about Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, in the future, maybe in a couple weeks we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um. Don't have any particular interest in necessarily diving into it that much. We're talking about yeah. Did you? How, how did you feel about the cultural end? phenomenon? Eh, a little disappointed. Yeah. Um, someone posted a meme, like comparing it to the feeling of watching the last episode of Lost, and I think that that's very. It's mm-hmm. very sort of similar. That there's all of this like it was such a cultural phenomenon and like, yeah. and then you just sort of leave and you're like okay. That happened. Yeah. yeah, and it which is okay. Like I'm like whatever. I don't know what else I expected it to be, yeah. and it was it's entertaining television. I'm not gonna cancel my HBO subscription immediately. Apparently, oh his Dark Materials, the trailer dropped for that. Yeah. So that's the other thing is like HBO being like, no, no, stick around, stick around. There was <laughs> there was a very specific yeah. I, I promo at the beginning of Game of Thrones last night that was like the, the end of one story is the beginning of another sort of thing. And, uh, and it like talking about like, Oh, the game of Thrones is done, but here's all this other stuff and showed like all of their new shows. And like, don't get me wrong, HBO, your show, your, these other shows look phenomenal, Mm -hmm. right? Like, uh, euphoria with Zendaya, Zendaya. I I think it's pronounced Zendaya. Uh, Everybody says Zendaya, but it's supposed to be Zendaya. Um, Yeah, uh, that looks fantastic. Looks like a great show. Not going to watch it. Uh, I just don't have the time. Uh, and uh, I... Yeah, the um, 
this one with Danny McBride and uh, John Goodman that they that they promoted last night looks fantastic. They're like uh, they're like Bible Belt like like uh, revival preachers like oh, like tent preachers you know like like yeah, the yeah, big yeah. like yeah, sort yeah. of show but yeah. they're terrible people. Oh, they're just in it for the money. Interesting. Um, That's gonna be <laughs> yeah, and it looks like a fantastic show. Yeah. Um, Danny McBride. Hmm. Yeah, and um, Barry's and, supposed to be and, really good too. It's already out. Yeah, Barry's supposed to be fantastic, and I haven't watched that either. Yeah. Um, yeah, I but like I'm not, I'm not gonna continue my subscription for those shows. Now, his Dark Materials, you got me. Yeah. You've got me because I yeah. uh, I love the Golden Compass. I love that book. There are very few books that I've read from cover to cover, right? Like, I'm just not a reader. I listen to audiobooks a lot. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about, like, a physical book that I read cover to yeah. cover. And Golden Compass is one of them. Hmm. Um, and I, I never ended up, like, continuing on with it. Because what happened is I finished, I finished The Golden Compass about 15 minutes before you came to pick me up to go watch The Golden Compass in the theater. What? Yeah, you and I no saw it No way. Yeah. I don't remember that. And the movie was so disappointing. Yeah, yeah. So disappointing. I had no frame of reference, so it was just like yeah. a mediocre movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's exactly but it, is that, that it was a mediocre your, it movie. It would have killed your, like, and then, yeah. and then on top of that, it missed so many of the points of the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I've heard and, that. I've heard that, like, really, like, very much, so. This is the thing. It neutered the book, right? Yeah, the yeah. The book is intense yeah like there's some stuff that happens in it and i won't say any of it because now people are going to get into his dark materials and i don't want to ruin anything mm -hmm. of what's coming because people who are going to experience that for the first time are in for a treat like because the trailer that they showed they get it yeah yeah, yeah. like well that's everybody knows HBO. the biggest problems yeah. with the previous mm -hmm. and apparently it's being made by the bbc yeah and it's got like distributed like the HBO. So it's yeah. like I trust those two those two organizations to do yeah. storytelling correctly. Yeah. I still keep HBO for um John Oliver, like that's yeah. what I watch. And then Veep is also really good. Yeah. So I like I like watching so both of those two. When shows. when Arrow Veep is, is done, done so. and depending yeah. on everything that's on Disney Plus, more than likely I'll be getting rid of cable. Like, yeah, like yeah. basic cable, because the only other thing is news. I don't care about live sporting events, so that doesn't yeah. matter to me. Um so I'll be missing out on the news, but I can actually watch that through my, uh, uh we have the Amazon fire TV, oh, interesting. Uh, okay. smart TVs and you can just get the global TV app. And if I just, if I oh, want to yeah, watch yeah, the yeah. news, I can, I can just, just watch that. it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, if, if, if it's basically, it depends on whether or not star Wars resistance is day and date on Disney plus, or if I have to have a Disney XD, Right. Um, uh, subscription in order to get that, but even still, I might I might look at doing the Telus has another thing called Pick. Yeah, where, where you can just choose a yeah, channel. Yeah, you just you like want, pick a couple nice. of channels yeah. instead of having to pay. We would pay like sixty dollars or something like that for all the channels, and we don't watch them. Right, I watch Ducktales. I watch. There's a couple of shows, but everything there's enough on Netflix that you never need to go yeah. anywhere else. And then we also have Amazon Prime. So you got, yeah. But if I cut cable. Then I'll pay for Crave with the movies right. plus all HBO, yeah, yeah. Uh, FX, yeah. Showtime, yeah. right? Yeah, all the streaming services, like, go directly to the source, right? Like, yeah. we need to be able to... This, I just had this, like, revelation, and it's just... It was so satisfying, and, like, 
while you've been talking about this, I'm like, oh man, we need to stop going off on these tangents and then just start talking about the thing we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah. And I, it was this beautiful revelation where I was like, this we is, are literally talking about the thing we're supposed to be talking about. This is all we have to do. It's so, it was so a, great. I just want everybody to realize yeah, how a, unstressed I am right now. It's so great. When the great. conversation <laughs> dies down, I'll go, okay, let's talk about Phantom Menace. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, no. It's so good. Um, yeah, this is anyway, the show sorry. now. Right? This we is the show now. We just need to like talk about want to talk about it's so good yeah especially because this week i don't have a rundown in front of me but the other Mm -hmm. great thing is that because we're going to be doing this every week except so so if you haven't heard any of the other content where we explain the 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 schedule we do three weeks on and then one week off which is really perfect for star wars because we'll do episode one two and three and then you'll know we're going to take a break the next week so no podcast that week and then Four, it's five, really six. Because I'm in And then France, a break. So. Well, perfect. That's good. Um, I actually was going to talk to you about schedule yeah. after this. I was like, um, what am I going to do? Um, yeah. But that's good. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so we'll be on three weeks. It, I mean, like, ish. Ish. Like, like Whenever the, we feel like there's, it. There's flexibility here because Amanda goes on vacation like ten times a year. <laughs> uh, so when that happens, we'll probably adjust the schedule a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we might end up doing two weeks and then a week off and yeah. then maybe four that's weeks in a row or something like that. But... Um, but yeah, it's sort of keeping within that sort of, that planned rhythm, Mm -hmm. um, so that we're not just podcasting. One of the things that I notice with a lot of people who create content on the internet, especially when it's like Patreon, I, I funded and supported, um, is, is burnout because when you start, like we're saying about going directly to the source with HBO, with Amazon, with Netflix, blah, blah, blah. Um, Patreon, sorry, Patreon is going directly to the source and paying us, right? So people are coming to us and they're paying us for the content. And then there almost becomes a thing of like, well, if I'm not putting something out every week, then why are you paying for Patreon? Like, why are you supporting us on Patreon? That's a little bit different because for some people that's a dollar, right? For some people it's five or 10. Yeah. We're not asking for the... $15 $15 that Netflix is or the $79.99 a year that Amazon Prime is. These are Canadian dollars, by the way. Um, or the $20 a month that HBO is, right? So so there's a little bit more uh, leeway there. But, but the idea is that um, when we were doing Arrow, we had a very clear... I mean, we are still doing Quiver and Arrow, but I... I there's a very clear, like, the show is on this week, so we're doing a podcast this week. So when the, the show would take a break, we would take a break. And occasionally there'd be a reason to do an extra episode, or when we did Summer of Smallville, uh, stuff like that. But um, since we're not going to be beholden to a show and when it airs, that means, A, we're going to go all year round. There's not going to be... Well, I mean, like, around Christmas, we'll probably take a multiple-week break. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. We're sort of yet We to, still do the reviews over the Christmas anyways. Yeah, that's, so, right? the, that's like, one of the other things, is yeah. that, yeah, the, the reviewed stuff is going to, like, crank up around Christmas every year, because there's, like... We'll figure it out. There's always, like, three or four. But it'll be, like, we'll just be, like, kind to ourselves and kind to people that are yeah. listening and figure out what works for yeah. everybody, which is nice. Um, yeah. But, yeah, this... It, the, this plans in downtime mm-hmm. so that you guys know there's an expectation. Um, and then, you know, with the places that, that I could see this going eventually, um, we're, we're not, we're not pushing ourselves too hard on it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because you know they're like whether we end up doing like uh doing full video or uh or if we ended up doing like a live show or something like that um yeah i would i don't want to be doing it every week I right just, yeah, yeah, like, we'll i just don't want to be stuck content. into the like yeah 52 episodes a year right mm. um that's a little bit much so so having that time off gives us a week to to recharge but cool um yeah is there any other news in the last week yeah uh-huh. NASA decided that we're going to the moon in five years. Yeah, that was really cool. My friend showed me basically a, like a like the YouTube video afterward after we watched Game of Thrones. She was like, "Oh yeah, you know that like NASA released like big news," and I was like, "What?" So yeah, there's this whole like you know propaganda esque thing where it's like, and I didn't realize this. Apparently, we haven't been to the moon since like the seventies. Yeah, which. That's like fifty years. It's been fifty yeah. years. Well, and how many how many actual landings on the moon are there? There's yeah. only like three. Or There's four. only a handful of them. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna apparently build like a space station on the moon, yeah. like uh, because there's like new technologies and we can harvest ice and all sorts of stuff. But it's like a way station to Mars is kind of how yeah. they're how they're planning it. But just like how cool is that that in our lifetime we've never been to the moon. And yeah. now we're getting... Like, that I thought was really cool. Well, the great thing about it is the technology that they had in the 1960s and 70s in order to uh, uh, show people what was happening oh, yeah, was, was very limited, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, um, and And access to that technology was even more limiting. Yeah. Um, leading to things such as, well, we've never been to the yeah right, right? yeah conspiracies yeah. and i so when it comes to moon landing conspiracy theories and if you want to hear my full thing on this you can go dig way back into the thunderquack <laughs> archive uh, our first year of of thunderquack um when we did the uh we did a conspiracy theory roundtable with me courtney and allison oh, um, which yeah, yeah. those roundtables that i did with courtney and allison are some of my favorite stuff we've ever nice. done with thunderquack nice. um and that conspiracy one's really fun. And I talk about the idea that, okay, yeah, maybe the moon landing is a conspiracy, but I don't think it's the conspiracy that everybody thinks it is, right? <laughs> like, we went to the moon. We absolutely 100% went to the moon. Uh, there's evidence. Like, you can grab a telescope and you can look and you can see evidence that we've, that, that we've been on the moon. Um, any person can do that nowadays. But I, uh, I, uh, the 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 conspiracy that I like to <laughs> to think is that the footage that we've seen of the moon landing and all the people who are like, oh, it's faked for this reason, this reason, and this reason. Stanley Kubrick filmed it. Yeah. There's all these hints in, um, in The Shining that point towards the fact that that he helped fake the moon landing. I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe they did. Maybe they had a really good reason to fake the footage of the moon landing. Yeah. Because maybe we got there and there was something that they didn't want everybody to see. Ooh. Right? And I I and that's why we have this this fake footage. Because like if you if you want to believe in things like Roswell and Right, uh, like and it's like maybe there was something. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Why did we go to the moon so right. soon? Because like Roswell happens and then within a decade we went to the moon. We went yeah, to the moon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Why? Is there a connection there? I don't know. Ooh. Maybe. I like that conspiracy theory. I'm not theory. saying that there is or isn't, but I'm saying what I always say is if you're gonna if you're gonna believe in a conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. it needs to be two things. It needs to be believable and it needs to be awesome. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. Believing just... that we faked the moon landing because you just want to be a crappy person that, <laughs> that craps on other people's hopes and dreams, that's lame. Yeah, That's yeah. lame. That's like flat earthers and stuff. It's like, whatever. If you believe in a conspiracy theory because it allows you to have a little bit more mystery and wonder in your life and you have a factual basis for for wanting to believe it and it's like that's the same thing with like if you ask me if i believe in bigfoot absolutely 100 percent, i believe in bigfoot why not because the evidence is compelling although there is some compelling evidence out there it's because i want to live in a world where there's still a possibility that bigfoot is out there that's fair. So whether or not the the um, the tape is faked for Bigfoot or the moon landing was faked or any of that stuff, I don't care. There's enough else out there for me to believe uh, uh, that Bigfoot is real. That uh, I know that we know that that uh, uh, the Loch Ness monster of is, is not real. We know that that's a fake, but uh, well, the person the Ogopogo exists though. <laughs> The Ogopogo does exist. The Ogopogo <laughs> is real. So it, for people who don't know, because that's a very like like local thing. It's I don't a think local that Ogo, legend. I don't think that Ogopogo is national. Nobody like, knows. International. Nobody knows yeah. about the Ogopogo. It's our hometown. Yeah. Small town of Penticton, British Columbia, has a lake monster yeah. in the Okanagan Lake, which I guess kind of Kelowna as well, because the lake yeah. connects to everybody. But I like to think of it as a Penticton thing. Yeah. But apparently we have a lake monster. Which I just think is really cool. I just, whatever. Yeah. It's fun and, to believe. And, and, I mean, like, Ogopogo is traditionally depicted as um, a, a sea serpent, like a dragon yeah. sea serpent. Um, <clears throat> very much like Nessie. In reality, Ogopogo is very large sturgeon. Of but course. But uh, that doesn't, uh, doesn't mean that that's not awesome. Yeah. A right. sturgeon big enough that you can mistake it for a dragon? That's pretty cool. Yep. Um, yeah, so yeah, Ogopogo is real. It's just not what It could just be a leftover dinosaur. I like to think of it as a leftover dinosaur. dinosaur. It's in the subgrouping on Wikipedia of Lake Monster. I like that. there you go. It's it's Um, very cool. Yeah. (laughs) This show doesn't have a... There's only so many examples of Lake Monsters when you go onto the internet. So, you know, this is like a handful when you go here. It's like... The Scotland ones, and then there's one in Iceland, and Italy, and a couple in Canada. Canada has like three or four. Look at us being... We got some big lakes. Some, some big... Uh... You gotta have a big enough lake to support a monster. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's, that's true. The, that's that's true. Key. Which is um, good. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, going to the moon, I, I kind of think that's cool. I think that's awesome. I mean, it's... Well, and I mean... So, the, so what I was kind of getting yeah. at is that with this moon landing, if this all ends up happening... Um, we have the technology now, and I don't mean as a society, we have the technology now. You and I could very easily put together the kit in order to record visual evidence of the moon landing, right. provided, oh, like you, provided right, we're in the right yeah, place yeah. at the right yeah, time, yeah. right? Where you could actually see them land on the moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, yeah, but cool. anybody in the world could get the equipment in order to see it with their own eyes and to record it themselves. So... That, to me, is the best reason to do it. Because all those people out there who doubt that we've been to the moon, it's like, well, here, let's go now. Let's go go now with the technology that we have now. We can easily build something, uh, like a permanent structure on the moon. Yeah, but I think that's the thing they're going to try to do. Apparently there's 37 different things planned, and then, like, 
a moon base. I mean, I think that's kind of cool that there's gonna be a moon base in that's our awesome. lifetime. There's yeah. gonna be people that live on the moon. Yeah. Like that's such science fiction stuff. Yeah. So I my my day job is I, I we, we provide online services to the mining industry, right? Um, which I don't talk about a lot because it's not that exciting. Yeah. <laughs> But one of the places where I always get excited about it is every time we get into the the idea of um, of where mining is going in the future, and there are only so more so many resources on Earth. Um, there are, are a lot of what's called rare earth uh, minerals, which are things that actually aren't terrestrial. Right. That that we use for things that we we actually get from things like like comets and asteroids that oh, have yeah, hit the yeah, Earth. Yeah, yeah. So we can find them on the moon. Yeah. So That's the moon cool. is one place to find stuff like that, mm-hmm. although it's dangerous because we don't really want to mess with the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, see the yes. movie The Time Machine for a great example of that going horribly wrong. But also, what's the also, Umbrella Academy? Yeah, the Umbrella <laughs> Academy is, yeah. Um, I, yeah, and, uh, but, but more accurately, like, we'll, we'll, we'll do asteroid mining. Like, yeah, and, yeah. and. Oh, because you like could go out, right? Buttons. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, That's so cool. I, I do think that within our lifetime that we will see that happen. Mm-hmm. And and knowing what I know of the mining industry and the way that it's going, like I, I do believe that. I believe that, that, that we're going to see. Um, that more than anything, as much as Elon Musk is, is, is acting like he's in it for the um, scientific exploration of it all, that is not the end goal. The end goal is, like, he's got a real great PR face on mm-hmm. on his space exploration stuff. That stuff is being funded by people who think that there's a... The, who understand the potential of, of interstellar yeah. mining operations. That'd be cool. Um, so we'll, we'll get... The, I, I think... I do believe that we'll see that within our lifetime. Oh. We might be a little bit on the older side when it happens, but... But it'll be. But we'll get to see it. But I will say, if you're interested, the NASA video, I think it was posted like five days ago or six days ago on the NASA YouTube site. And it just, it did like make me cry because they, I think they've named the space, like the lunar module, like the human one. Yeah. Um, They've named it Orion. And it just, Orion is like my favorite constellation. So it just makes me like. Favorite constellation, everybody. Right? Come on. (laughs) Because of the movie Men in Black. No, I knew what Orion was yeah, before yeah, yeah. I watched Men in Black, which made me happy. It's um my my uncle, actually one of my only uncles who's passed actually was a was an astronomer, and okay. so um he we used to, I remember as kids being at my grandma's house and us out on the, um, like on the grass and like learning as kids the constellations yeah. and because it was so recognizable, it's the only constellation I can constantly yeah. find that's not there all the time because I can also find Cassiopeia and then sometimes one of the dippers yeah. but Cassiopeia and Orion are like the two constellations that I actually know yeah. and so Orion just reminds me of like my family which I just think is really cool and then and then that it's so popular and that people like yeah. know what it is because of Men in Black I guess <laughs> I think a lot of people knew what Orion's belt was before that yeah but yeah, yeah. yeah. but anyway um, so it's really cool and cool. it's yeah it's exciting I'm mean, like yeah that's uh, science is cool yeah. I like science we like science fiction a lot, and yeah. sometimes science fiction is not as fictional yeah. as it used to be. Right? Uh, we forget it all the time. What I, whenever I'm putting in my uh, my AirPods, yeah, I, like every one out of every ten times that I put my AirPods in my ears or take them out, I go like, 
It was ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like these are like my headphones are one hundred percent wireless. Yeah. And like I take them and I put them into a little case to recharge them, and it's like yeah, fifteen years ago I would have yeah. thought that was it's impossible. Weird. Um, had I plugged in my Google Home Mini last time we talked, or had I talked about doing you it? You talked about it on the last episode of Quiver. Yeah. I've, I've been converted. Yeah. Having it in my house for five days, or a little less than that, I think I, I think I plugged it in on Thursday, it's been like four days or whatever, I, it's, it's the future. Yeah. I just ask it to do things. I've connected it to my TV, it turns my TV on, it turns on, it won't recommend things for me, which I think is really interesting. On Netflix, like, I try to, like, I'm like, hey, can you, like, tell me, like, what's the latest stuff yeah. on Netflix? It won't. It's like, you have to be very specific and tell it what you want to watch yeah. and stuff, which I think is, is good, because that makes me less scared about the, like, ran. but it, it's the future, man. Like, yeah. you just, it's how I found out when the, I didn't want to Google when the last one we went to the moon was, I just asked my home. You just ask Google. And you just, oh, man, yeah. it's just... See, I bought these TVs, and these TVs are Amazon Fire, which uh -huh. is part of the Amazon Echo. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they're all, like, like the Hooked controller has, yeah. like, a little microphone on it, so yeah. I can actually tell it, like, I'll play this yeah. show. Wow. Um, I don't use it very often, because sometimes it's a little bit sketchy, but um, but that means that I'll, I'll have to get the Amazon one. We'll, we'll, we'll get the Echo it's, at some point. I'm thinking, like, probably Black Friday this year, because last yeah. year we bought the TV... But, and I was like, should I get the Amazon Echo right. Dot as well? And I was kind of uh, hesitant on it. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm more, like, I'm actually, like, doing Google, like, you, it made sense for you because it was free. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, but also, but I, I feel Google like with the Google one, you're kind of tied into the Google. Which I already ecosystem. am anyways. Like, like yeah. Google is the thing that I, like, I have a Chromecast and yeah. I have, like, I already have a Chromecast and that's the thing that really works yeah. with it. And then I, like, my phone is, is all Google yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, we're, I'm much more in the Apple ecosystem, yeah. Apple yeah. and PlayStation. Yeah. So I'm already kind of outside of Google. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to like start using that Google, Google yeah. stuff because yeah. I'd rather just, I'm going to stick with, uh, adapt what you have already. Yeah, yeah. With what I've, with what we've got. Um, but yeah, I, so I will probably move into that like around, around Black Friday when everything's super cheap and all because nice. I, I, Getting one isn't doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but the ability to have a couple put in one in every room of the house. That's the that's the problem that I have now is I'm kinda like, Well, I have one in my living room. All I need is one in my bedroom, but I kinda like two to just not like be listened to everywhere in my you're house. Not, but you're not you're not thinking of the possibility. I know because then I could just because yeah. put one in your bathroom and then you just help to play music while you're in the shower. Oh yeah, that's cool. I mean I have a shower radio. <laughs> yeah, but does your I, shower radio play whatever you want? No, it's it plays true. the radio. I know it's fair, and it probably doesn't play it well. It's no, probably it's, crackly. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, here's and the, you gotta here's listen the to some guy go. Hey, did everybody see the Game of Thrones finale <laughs> last night? Super cool. I kind of like radio I DJs. I hate radio DJs. <laughs> um, it's the worst. But They're here's the most the thing. disingenuous people on the planet. They're worse than politicians. <laughs> I've been thinking about my house a lot since we last talked, and one of the things to... Well, I haven't really. I just, I'm just i just saying this is now something that's related, directly correlated to something we talked about on Quiver last week, mm -hmm. but my apartment being kind of crappy. Yeah. There are no outlets in my bathroom. Like, I have to blow dry my hair in the living room, so, like, that's... <laughs> like, I doesn't... There are no outlets in, my outlets bathroom. in your bathroom. Yeah. It's really upsetting. 
so I that's have to, super annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, so my radio is is battery powered, so that's why I can listen into it. But it's like I've made, I've made. You're do. saving money, right? You're you're putting money away. You're putting <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. Just, just now, just in the, in the last few months okay, when I've gotten a okay, real job and actually okay. can like afford to pay for things. But uh, yeah, it's it's just because my apartment's really cheap. I'm not moving. It's, yeah. Yeah. I understand. Awesome. Yeah. I <laughs> cool. Do you want to get into get into Star Wars now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Always. Um. So as I said earlier, uh, yesterday was the twentieth anniversary of the Phantom Menace. So that was a good reason for us to. And Arrow finished last week, so it all kind of came together perfectly. Of like, well, we'll roll right into the Thunderquack podcast, and we'll start with our our uh, ranked discussion on uh, the Phantom Menace now. As the rankings go, we can't really do the ranking yet because we've only got one movie. Next week it'll get a little bit more interesting, but it'll get more interesting as we go on. Um, I mean, obviously, episode one is going to be number one on the ranking right uh, now because it's the only movie in the ranking. I mean, I've seen them all, and I could probably rank yes, them in my head. In absolutely, advance. yeah, yeah, we've seen them all, but but the idea is that we're watching them with this very specific gotcha. Purpose objective, in mind. right? Yes. So it's been a little while since I've watched the Phantom Menace. Uh, one of my one of my categories will be visceral boredom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which movie? Uh-huh. I got you. I'm right there with okay. you for a lot of this movie. Alright. Um But I think the last time that I saw The Phantom Menace would have been from start to finish, like actually sat down to watch it, would have been Phantom Menace 3D when it got the 3D release yeah. about Five years ago, I think. Five okay. or six years ago. Um, let's see. What is it now? It's 2019? I'm going to say five years ago. Because it was realize... before yeah. Celebration Anaheim. No, it might have been even longer than that. Wow. Phantom Menace 3D might have been... Yeah, Phantom Menace 3D was like 2011? 2012? Yeah, that's a while ago. Wow. Uh, when did that Blu-ray come out, though? Because that's about the last time I watched it, so... The 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 yeah. set of the, the set whole of, yeah, of all of them, them. Yeah, that yeah. was two thousand and twelve. Okay, that might be. I'm actually really impressed. Apparently, I did watch it all the way through because my Blu-ray player remembered and then yeah. it started it at the end, like for the credits. Nice. And I was like, "Good for me! I watched this." You did do it. I did watch it. Um, yeah. So I uh, yeah, it's been a really long time since I've sat down and not just watched clips or just watched part mm-hmm. of it or had it on in the background, sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and I sat down to watch it today, uh, earlier today and I, and I watched it with Cara. Like I said, okay, we're going to watch Star Wars and, uh, and she loves Star Wars, yeah. but she loves Chewbacca yeah. Yeah. and Rey. Yeah. Those are her favorite characters. She likes BB-8. She likes R2-D2. Um, we found, I found out today she actually likes C-3PO quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which was one of the highlights of watching it with her. Is this um, the first time she'd seen it? This is the first time she's seen The Phantom Menace. This nice. is the first prequel she's seen. Cool. She's watched some of The Clone Wars with me, and she's watched a lot of Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars Resistance with me. So there are a couple characters that she's familiar with already. But the movie starts, and uh, and and when I watch Star Wars movies with her, this is the third one we've watched. We've watched Empire, Return of the Jedi, and The Phantom Menace, which... Go ahead and send all of your hate mail uh, uh, to me on Twitter at rkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, because I'm doing it wrong, and I'm not introducing her to it in the right way, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. There's no right way to introduce someone to Star Wars. Um, the best advice that I have for anybody is 
really think about the person, think about what they like, and then find the Star Wars movie that fits that the best. Because people have enough pop culture knowledge to know enough to jump into any Star Wars movie. Yeah. And that's, they're, they're actually really great for that. Um, don't start people on the Phantom Menace. Yeah, no. That's the, that is a surefire yeah. way to yeah. kill anybody's love you for Star could, Wars. You could skip it entirely, I feel. Uh, I mean, I'll yeah, get a better be, sense when I watch Attack of the Clones next yeah. week to like remember, is it Attack of the Clones? Yeah, is the Attack next of the Clones, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think, I think that you can start at Attack of the Clones and then circle back around and watch yeah. the Phantom Menace if you feel like it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so. No, you should always do five, six. No, four, five, four, five. No, the best method is the shotgun four, five, method, two, which is four, five, two, three, six, six. and now seven and eight. eight yeah. Although, like, I have to revise. I have to look at that. I really have to look at that because I actually think you start with Solo. Whoa, I mean, interesting. Start with Solo huh. and then watch Rogue One. and But you watch Rogue One and A New Hope in one sitting. Oh, yeah, because they... Because it's, totally, it's one it is, story. It's one story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, totally. You watch those in one sitting, and then and then you watch Empire, and then you watch. If you really want to get the full Star Wars experience, you watch Empire, and you go, "Oh my God, Darth Vader is Luke's father," and then you go back. You watch two. You watch all of the important episodes of the Clone Wars, which I I have a definitive list somewhere, and I, I need to publish it, but yeah. um, there's a definitive list for me of, like, these are the episodes of Clone Wars you absolutely have to watch. Everything else is just kind of, like, additional stories. But, um, yeah, and you watch that those parts of the Clone Wars, and then you go back, watch three, and then finish with six. And then seven and eight, I guess, at some point. But I... Uh, yeah, I. But back to the Phantom Menace. Starting with that, and whenever I watch movie Star Wars movies with Kara, I I read the scroll for her because she's two and a half. She can't read yet, right? Um, and so I'm reading the whole thing, and it ends with you know, and the the Chancellor has dispatched two Jedi Knights to investigate, and I and I and she goes two Jedi, and I go two Jedi Knights. Who do you think it is? And she goes, hmm. Yoda and Star Wars. <laughs> and I was like, Star Wars isn't a character, sweetie. Uh, but no, it's not Yoda. It's a, it, Do you have any other guesses? And she she just shrugs and puts her hands up. I don't know. I, Does she I, know Obi-Wan, though? She knows Obi-Wan. And I okay. was like, do you think maybe Obi-Wan? And she goes, Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> like, like, clarifying, like, yeah. do you mean, you don't mean Obi-Wan Solo? Or what, right? like, yeah, yeah. It's like, yes, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And she's like, mm, maybe. <laughs> so we get there and they come out and everything. We watch the movie. And I enjoyed watching it again with her. Uh, but yeah, she definitely lost interest the second that everybody starts talking about things uh, instead of doing stuff. Um, and uh, the whole middle of the movie, she did not care for the Padres, which I know neither did you. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I texted yeah. you in the... Oh, I was literally filing tax paperwork while I was doing it and more enthralled in the tax paperwork. I mean, honestly, based on the content of The Phantom Menace, doing your taxes while watching The Phantom Menace is the 4D experience. (laughs) So... That makes sense to me. Okay. Uh, that's, you're, it's yeah. like you, yeah. you weren't really planning to do that today, but then you started watching The Phantom Menace <laughs> you're and you're like, reading the beginning and you're like, taxation of trade routes. 
Have I filed my taxes yet? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I better do that. Yeah. And then it gets to like, it gets to the middle of the movie and you're like, did that thing just fart? Did, they, did, yeah. did Jar Jar just go P-Yusa to that yeah, thing farting? Yeah, I think I'll do my taxes now. <laughs> yeah. Also, I forgot... And then you don't need to get back into it until Duel of Fates. I forgot about Jar Jar Binks and how upsetting he is. Yeah. He's such an upsetting character. And, like, I, for, I, like, I get... Upsetting in what big... way? Like, expound on that a little bit more. Because I have the counterpoint for you. That he's... I mean, the racial politics conversations aside, sure. at, he's just, like, an embarrassing character. Yeah. So, like, you watch him and you're kind of like, he's... It's trying to be funny. Like, whoever wrote him was trying to, like, yeah. be comedic with this character that's supposed to be charming but he doesn't have any of that it's unearned and yeah. so everything he's doing is just like grading instead yeah. of being in any way like yeah. cute or or endearing and also the design of him too is like it's just the gungans are a weird gun gungans, gungans yeah. are like a weird it, like i don't know yeah. i don't know man so so on the on the racial politics side of it the thing that i always say to everybody when they get into that they go oh, george lucas He's racist, he did this, he did that. And it's like, well, with the character of Jar Jar, that character was very generic until Ahmed Best came in, and they developed that character together. So the elements of the character that end up coming off as Rastafarian and, and all that, that comes from Ahmed Best. Ahmed Best is an African-American, um, and like that's his background. So... He brought that into the character. And that that's that's why that aspect of the character isn't in any of the other Gungans. Mm. Right? Like, if yeah, you really pay attention that, to it. Because, like, Brian Blessed yeah. is Boss Nass. Oh, okay. Right? Like, that's the one that, like, shakes Yeah, the, yeah. Oh, yeah that guy, yeah. 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 Um, you couldn't get further away. Yeah. Right? Because you're going to, like, one of the, like, like, your standard British actors, like, like character actors for that character and so you don't get any of that vibe with him um so yeah I, I always say that like just that's just kind of the caveat is it a little bit insensitive and is it in in this day and age inappropriate i say probably right on the border of yes it is like it's just over the line but i also think that um in the in the list of offenses that they the phantom menace and the prequels sort of uh, uh, perpetrate Jar Jar is in the medium to n you know not important scale he's just the Nemoidians are a way more problematic oh, species because yeah. they've got Chinese-ish accents um, all they care about is money and trade routes and blah 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 and all that sort of stuff they're the bad guys and uh, and they've all and they, their eye the design of their eyes accidentally i don't think that because these things are developed in like this is the problem with the prequels is that you have all of these departments developing in silos and it's not until it all comes together which is why george lucas is the responsible party yeah yeah because he's because yeah. he's the guy who's he's supposed to watch and go like "Ooh, that accent with those eyes not okay right, yeah, right? Yeah. the other person who is the most responsible for the prequels and in particular the phantom menace being the gong show that they are, um, is Rick McCallum. He's the executive producer. He's, he's the, mm -hmm. the, he's the Fox producer for the movie. 
he's the guy that's supposed to be standing there and going like, George, are you sure? <laughs> right. And yeah. it was Alan Ladd on the original Star Wars. And Alan Ladd Jr. is, uh, or was, I think he's passed away now, a genius. 100% genius. Like, he's responsible for some of the most visionary films of all time. Star Wars, Blade Runner. Like, there's a list of movies. That he that, was the executive in charge of. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. And he made Star Wars happen. Star right. Wars doesn't happen without Alan Ladd Jr. Because everybody else in Hollywood had passed. Right, yeah. It's like, yeah. you're the guy who did THX 1138, that weird art movie that yeah. nobody likes. Yeah. And, oh, American Graffiti was a little bit successful i guess and that's the only reason that star wars ends up happening because american graffiti was a bit six like had it had a had a good amount of success mm-hmm. um and uh, and and george was able to sort of like use that at 20th yeah. century fox with alan ladd to 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 get in the door and mm-hmm. get and get this movie made but he originally wanted disney to make it which is why the other thing when people go oh disney star wars like this is where it was always supposed to be right yeah, yeah these like, are yeah. They were always supposed to be Disney movies, but Disney passed on it. Yeah. Because they, they just didn't see the future, right? Yeah. And then they immediately went, oh no, we made a mistake, let's make Tron. I, yeah. I, but yeah, Alan Ladd Jr. is responsible for Star Wars happening, and he's also responsible for Star Wars being successful. Because George Lucas is a visionary, but visionaries tend to go off into the weeds yeah, and do their own be, thing. You need somebody to tell you no. And yeah, and 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 the movie was over budget. It was it wasn't on time. There were all of these problems. And without Alan Ladd saying to George Lucas, "You got to get this together. You have to make sure that like this. Like I've put my neck on the line. This is your entire career. If you don't pull this off, you're never gonna work again. Right? Yeah. Like you're gonna be an editor sitting yeah. in a dungeon somewhere doing commercials. Right? I that. That forces George Lucas to walk into ILM and say to those guys, like, what the hell are you guys doing? You're spending all this money and all of this footage looks like crap. Here's what I want you to do. And he goes in and then Industrial Light Magic becomes the greatest special right. effects house on the planet, right? Like, for a very long time. It wasn't until Lord of the Rings that all of a sudden this Weta workshop right, pops yeah, up and yeah. they're like, mm, they're almost as good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like with that Skywalker sound, all of the, the companies that George Lucas creates specifically to make his movie, that stuff all happens because Alan Ladd pushes him for it. Right, yeah. Fast forward 20 years later to, to the point where we're doing the special editions and then we're starting on, on the prequels. Rick McCallum is the executive producer there. And he's just like, brilliant, George to every single decision you can see it in behind the scenes footage and on all wow. the documentary footage and there's it, there's a really great documentary about the phantom menace where uh the whole way through the production you see it you see them going through and they're doing all of the art direction and stuff like that and they're kind of doing it in a silo away from the mm-hmm. writing and away from the the acting and all of them, like the actual film production and it's like George is just walking through stamping things and writing and going like, oh, yeah, I like this guy, but make his horns bigger. You know, like stupid stuff that he shouldn't be worried about. But because he's George Lucas, everybody's like, oh, my God, what's he saying? Make the horns bigger. This is how you make a Star Wars movie. And everybody's just saying yes to him at every turn. Nobody's challenging him. And then they sit down for the first screening of of the first cut of the movie. And you see everybody's faces as they all realize this movie is not coming together well. Because it's 
artificial. The yeah. whole thing from start to finish. The original Star Wars movies were successful based on their authenticity. Yeah. And I would say that's the thing. And universal storytelling yeah. and like human condition, like monomyth yeah. narrative, all yeah. that stuff. Whereas this it's about taxation of trades routes and yeah. like gambling. Like yeah. it's such a, and you're kind of like, I get what you were maybe going for in the idea of like, look, this whole epic saga started with something as pedantic as political bargaining. Like I get that you could be like, it's, it is but like, ultimately it ends up being important. And the story that George Lucas tells across the prequels and in the clone wars as well is a great story. It is a fantastic story. What he chose to put in the movies is not great. And how he executed on those stories in in the films, not great. Right? And we're going to talk about this a lot over the next three weeks of us going through the prequels. There are moments of greatness. There are flashes of what makes Star Wars Star Wars. The Phantom Menace arguably has the least of that because what it has that makes Star Wars Star Wars is a great soundtrack. The score by John Williams is one of the best ones that he's ever done. Duel of the Fates is an iconic piece of music. Is like, that the, the Darth Maul fight? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the Droid Invasion uh, is is a great piece of music as well. Like, there's, there's great, beautiful score in the film. Some of the action sequences are phenomenal. The lightsaber fights were groundbreaking and amazing at the time. Although, how many times did Ewan McGregor, like, do a split jump to kick people? I noticed sure. it, like, yeah, so yeah. many times. It was the same move. signature move, yeah. Okay. Um, it definitely is a little bit in the, in, like, in, in, so many yeah. times I was like, oh, there it is It's probably again. a thing that they were, that they were developing the fight style for the Jedi because I, I, they brought in stunt coordinators and stuff for yeah. this. And it's the first time, on the first, on the original movies, there wasn't really much, yeah. right? There was a bit, but not a lot. And I'll bet you anything what happened is that they found out that Ewan McGregor could do a split kick. Yeah, and so fair. it was like, yeah. Ewan, do the split kick here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, oh, we don't need to bring in a stunt guy. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. oh, he's, he's kicking fake robots. Yeah. Ewan, do a split kick. We'll cut it into the movie. And that's what's... that With the prequels, that is the biggest problem. Is that there's a... You can tell that they made these movies a little bit like jazz. That uh, there was a little bit of like, we'll just do it. And then like, there's so much we're going to do in post. Yeah, yeah, We're going to yeah. fix it all in post. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. It'll all come together. And George Lucas is an editor, first and foremost. That's why the first three movies are fantastic. But he also was forced to film those movies. And, and especially The Empire. He didn't film that one. Yeah, yeah. It was... I, yeah. I, 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 Irvin Kirshner did. Um, and and Kirshner was a phenomenal director richard marquand was a ham and egger. he was like a shooter he came in to tell the camera crew what to do um he was really more of like a fancy dop which one is he uh return of the jedi yeah, yeah okay yeah. george lucas directed that movie okay, yeah. but mm-hmm. whatever yeah uh, we'll talk way more about that when we mm-hmm. get into those ones i but yeah like he is not an actor's director and he's not a great visual storyteller from uh from a blocking and yeah and we like, need to create something from scratch yeah. and then because he could take the pieces and edit them together but that's not yeah. how visual effects work you have to like create it so the thing about the originals that made them work so well was the practicality of it right because mm-hmm. that's all he could pull off um you have to put actors in those costumes and then those actors do a little bit of something which is called business in the background. And when you watch 
the cantina scene in A New Hope, there's all sorts of business going on. Yeah. Like, people are just like... And if you've ever acted, uh, anybody who's ever done theater or whatever, it's like if you get a background part um, and you've got the right attitude, you go into that with the other people that you have the background part with, or even if it's just like a supporting actor yeah, or supporting part like, or whatever. Yeah. Like, you work with other people to go, like, let's build a little thing over here. Yeah. Because if somebody looks over at us, I want them to keep looking at us. Like, I want to be the guy in the background that steals the show, right? And there's all sorts of that in the original show. I will say is what makes you a terrible background actor. True. (laughs) But when you're doing high school theater or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But but it does work in movies, right? Because when you think about it, and you think about, like, in A New Hope, when they're in the the uh yavin uh briefing room and they're like there's all these pilots around or whatever yeah, they're doing stuff there's yeah, like yeah. like there are guys like turning and like talking to each other during the yeah. middle of the thing so then when we cut to it's happening and then wedge says to to luke he's like oh like two meters wide and then luke turns up and goes up oh, i've hit womp rats they're only two meters wide right and it's it like that's not just them doing it. It's everybody's kind of yeah, doing it, right? And that carries through in all sorts of scenes in the original trilogy. This movie, The Phantom Menace, there's none of that. So there's a scene where where Jar Jar, uh, he st- steals the frog thing. And then the right. guy goes, oh, that's yeah. seven whoopie whoopie. And he goes, yeah. seven whoopie whoopie. And he spits it out. Yeah. And it lands in Sebulba's soup. And then Sebulba yeah. comes over to beat the crap out of him. There's a million background actors there, right? There's like, I think I counted it. There's like 10 guys in the shot. And they all kind of have variations of the same terrible costume. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's a like a conical hat with like a little like, like, like is, yeah. thing coming off the back of it. And, and some weird robes and then some weird face makeup, some squares on their face or something. And they're all sitting around and... There was a point where they had probably blocked the scene, or there would have been a point where they blocked the scene where there's an actor doing Sebulba, and there's an actor doing, and Ahmed Best is doing Jar Jar, and they're blocking out the scene to give everybody the cue of what's going to happen. This is new technology at the time, right? Yeah. They're like, okay, and then you guys step out. The only other people who had ever done this successfully was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Right, right? yeah, where they, yeah. Um, where they were actually literally hand-drawing the characters in. So it was okay, Ahmed Best steps out, the guy who plays Sebulba steps out, and we're going to shoot the clean slate so that we can put these characters in digitally later. And you can tell that, like, these background actors had no idea what they were supposed to be doing. Because they are sitting, they're all looking at the tennis ball for sure. That's all they're doing. There's no business going on. They don't know what's They're not dynamic. They're not reacting to... Yeah. Sebulba grabbing Jar Jar by the neck and about to punch him and then Anakin yeah. running in. Nothing is happening in the background. Because they don't know what's happening, yeah. And the movies are just hollow as a result. Yeah. When we get into episode two and episode three, it'll be even more evident when we're in the Jedi Temple and it's all a digital set. Right, and yeah, blah, it's just blah, like, yeah. And it, it sucks because it's not George Lucas's fault. It's not. And... I'm a bit of an apologist when it comes to Star Wars, for sure, because I love it so much. But I'll also say, no one's done this before. Right, yeah, yeah. He was doing something that was pretty groundbreaking. Sometime, you forget about that. That yeah. I will say, the VFX hold up. Like, that's the yeah. thing, is, like, 20 years later, you forget that those are characters that were yeah. made completely CG. And that... But but I, I get what you're talking about. Like, there's even stuff where, like, one of the scenes that really caught me was one where I was like, 
where are they getting Jar Jar to walk? That doesn't make any sense. And yeah. I'm like, oh, it's because they probably shot it not considering where he is, and then they yeah. picked that particular thing and had to CGI him in yeah. around because it doesn't hook up with the next shot that they used at all no. for where he is. It's basically when he follows them into into Tatooine or whatever into the, the like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm kind of like he's he's walking like around these BG people, and I'm kind of like, yeah. oh, that's because they just wanted to use that because it was the nice crane up shot. But there's yeah. no place for him to walk behind the main characters because you didn't consider that when you were filming it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, but. And George Lucas is really famous for doing things like like in a digital shot like that of going like, oh, you know, I, it it doesn't make sense for him to walk straight because there's because all this is yeah. happening. So give him to walk around it and um, give him a reason. He steps in some poop. Yeah, right. right? Yeah, and that's like, how that stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not... It just feels weird. Yeah, it, yeah. Everything, everything in these movies is going to feel weird for a little bit. And it's going to get better as they go. Attack of yeah. the Clones is a little bit better. And then Revenge of the Sith is a good movie for the most part. It's just way too rushed. It's right. kind of like the last season of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So when you have an end point and you have a, have a midpoint, yeah. you're like, we got to get from here to there in one movie. And then you cram it all in, mm-hmm. right? Um, to the point that then his next thing was like, I got to tell more of this story and I got to tell it better. And they do the Clone Wars. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cause there's so much more story to tell there. Clone uh, Wars takes place between two and three. Between two and three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it is there, there is such an artificiality to this movie right from the outset, from the first line of that when they're in the 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 bridge of the Republic ship as it's coming up and this woman turns and says whatever she says about like oh we're we're receiving communicate and Qui Gon says whatever and they've got their hoods up and it's like oh it's mysterious and it's like why yeah why is it mysterious like think back to the first Star Wars movie and the beginning of that and it's just like bam star wars and the thing goes up and then we just you and the ships come right immediately yeah and you're like you're into it Mm -hmm. and then with this one we start on some ships and there's kind of slow and then we go in and it's like uh we're gonna have some negotiations i guess and it's like this slow reveal of like obi-wan and qui-gon and the thing about about all of that is that it's like the only reason that that works is because the other movies exist. Yeah, it wouldn't work as a movie on its own. And like and that and that gimmick isn't there. Like you yeah. know that the whole point of them having their hoods up is so you get that reveal where they're finally in a room it's just the two of them yeah. and they release their hoods and you're like, yeah! "Yeah." And it's like it's unearned. But imagine if you will the movie starts on Naboo, the droid invasion has begun. And the beginning of the movie is like, these things just mowing down this forest. And all of a sudden, this dude is running in front of it. And this other creature is like, what's going on? And he grabs this guy and saves him. That's where you start your movie. And now all of a sudden, you're like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah. What? Who is that guy? What's that thing? Yeah, yeah. Like, what's, what's going on? Yeah. And then and then he's like, okay, we gotta get up. These things are coming and they're invading and we've gotta yeah. we've gotta do something about it. And he's like, oh, I can lead you to the Gungan City. And then you you keep moving and and then you get the entrance of us of the staff coming. And it's like, choo, choo, choo. and then Obi Wan comes in and blows saves it them, up, and you get the other saves thing. them yeah, yeah. and turns around and like and it's like I'm Obi Wan and it's like this is my Padawan Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. 
that's a cool entrance for yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, yeah. It's and, it's like, so, and it's earned, and you're like, oh, this yeah. is why I care about these people. Like, they're here, and yeah. and they're doing something interesting. And then later, like, nothing happened on that ship anyways. You just realize yeah. that you're like, the negotiations never happened, right? It's yeah. like, where were they? And it's like, there wasn't any. Um, The one thing that after seven years of watching Arrow, yeah. I think I've said this on the Quiver podcast before, that I feel like I could successfully write an action movie, yeah. because that's like 101. Yeah. You start your movie with an action scene, yeah. scene, and then you find out about the character. That's why the Indiana action. Jones is one of the greatest movies yeah. of all time, because that movie starts... And it starts a little bit slow, because there's a little bit of a mystery vibe to it as well. Yeah. But it starts with, like, we're in the jungle, right? Yeah. It's the Paramount logo, fades to the mountains, yeah. and then pans down, and it's like... And then it's this yeah, this right. guy, in the and, um, and the guy's, like, going to betray him. And then you get whoosh, with the whip, yeah, uh, and then Indy steps out of the shadow, and you're like, I don't know who this guy is yet, but he's awesome. <laughs> it's Harrison Ford, so we already agreed, everybody yeah, agrees yeah, that he's yeah, awesome yeah. the second you see him. Yeah. And then you go into the temple, and like you, you go in, and, and it's immediately the shadow thing, and it does the hand, and the thing comes out, and it's got the guys, like the, the dead skull on it or whatever and i have to admit i don't know oh, you don't time remember I watched Indiana Jones. that well no no, no 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 it's so good i don't even know if and i it, watched the whole thing and it and it culminates in him with the 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 um you know there's the, the yeah he's got to replace yeah. the thing and the, and the ball and all that which is all so iconic um and that's how you start a story yeah like that's how you, start you learn yeah yeah it's just like really cool because you learn about the character. anyways so that's the biggest thing i think with this one too, is, res like, is the yeah. is the term for yeah, it yeah, but yeah like yeah. that's how you that's how you start action movies yeah. that's how you start yeah. that's how you start genre stories yeah. and it's all the all the good ones that's how guardians of the galaxy start well yeah. guardians starts with the with the first piece with the with with um with Him. his mother dying but, oh yeah but, but then, then it then breaks actually, and it goes yeah, into yeah, the actual yeah, movie yeah um but yeah but it's I, I don't know. The, there's just so many different things in this movie that you're like, if you had just shifted like a few yeah. things slightly, it would have... Honestly, the pod racing, 25% of that would have been fine. Yeah. Like, it just... I, I don't get why they thought that that was in any way, like, suspense. Like, it just, like, is a thing where it's, like... That Anakin just, like, wasn't going to win. Right? Like, yeah. it's, like, you don't... I don't... It's just false and it's unearned. Yeah. And it's, like, whatever. Sure. That's that's yeah. exciting and, and whatever. They're going to win. And... Yeah. But it's... I mean, Whatever. It, I got, we got through it and it's cute yeah. and you realize that it is a kid's story. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, it, 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 there's a lot of cool stuff in the movie. There's a lot of cool design. There's great music. Uh, the, the duel with Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon and Darth Maul at the end of the movie is really fantastic. Cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it it's rough. Yeah. It's it's definitely rough okay, around the edges because George Lucas hadn't made a movie since 1983 and he didn't really he wasn't really the one who made it. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, like yeah, he yeah. was there yeah. producing it, but there's another director on set. Um, and then he goes in and and this is one of the other pieces of the prequels that's really interesting. He initially asked Steven Spielberg to make episode 1. Uh-huh. And Spielberg said no. And what he said to George and he's like on record as saying this. He said to George, "No, these are your movies." You're a director. You make it. Uh-huh. Which I have... Spielberg hasn't made a great movie in a very long time. I, I The last really great one, I think, was probably Munich. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the movies that he's made since Jurassic Park have been disappointments to a lot of people. I, and I, I... Both he and George Lucas were directors of a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and Definitely. and their success is their biggest it's their biggest deficit because that success allows them to do whatever they want right but uh yeah i i don't have a lot of respect for St- steven spielberg having him having said that to george lucas because anybody who really has studied the work of george lucas knows he is not a director he is a visionary He's a he's a technical genius, and he is probably one of the greatest editors that's ever lived. Right, like yeah. that's ever that we've ever had the pleasure of like seeing something that he's cut together. Um, and and I say that with the most reverence possible. Right, like yeah. and and he is an expert on mythic storytelling, um, but he should not have directed the prequels. That's and all. That's, it comes that's down what everybody to. and that's what everybody agrees on. Yeah. And yeah, they but the. But the last thing I'll say, and then we'll wrap it up, the stories are good stories. If you remove them from the execution, the story of the prequels is a great story. The story of the fall of Anakin Skywalker is a great story. It's just not done well. Yeah. And it's it's a shame. Yeah. And as a Star Wars fan, I hate to see it. But, but when I think back on the story, it always makes me happy. Because it's, it's a cool... And that's the thing... I got more appreciation for the prequels, learning more about what I think the expectation of this the newest iterations from Force Awakens to Rise of Skywalker is in Kylo Ren because I love his character so much and that people were talking about it as sort of a reverse prequel storytelling yeah. and that made me have like more respect for it. And in being like, oh, this was a particular kind of story that they had been telling in the prequels where it's like, yeah. this is the fall of this character. And then, and it's a redemption arc yeah. in the other, in the opposite end of that, like how legacies are redeemed and, yeah. and that like, and it also has made me realize it, who is it that's going to bring balance to the force then? That's not Luke. Yeah. That's like Ray or Kylo. It's like, Rey. it's, it's Ray, right? It's like, 100% that's, Rey. But. And I've said a million times, it's like the problem. <laughs> yeah. Some people are going to hate this, but probably not our audience. I, you, you want to bring balance to the force. Don't let a man do it. Because what do they do? Like, what does Anakin do? His, his greed, his avarice, uh, uh, his anger gets the best of him. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't consider what's good for everybody. He considers what's good for him. Yeah. Luke, his pride, yeah. his fear yeah. get in the way. Yeah. With Ray, she goes, I don't want this. Yeah. I don't I never wanted this, but I have this power and I need to know where do I fit into all of this? Yeah. How do I do this? Yeah. She's the right one to rebuild the Jedi Order. It yeah. was never Luke. It was never gonna be Luke. Yeah. Luke, no, no, Luke was a stepping stone on the path to the new Jedi Order. Yeah. He was not the new Jedi Order. Yeah. So But it he's couldn't happen without the Skywalkers, yeah. though. I think yeah. that that's like part what it, sorry. What do you think the rise of Skywalker is? I, like, we don't have time for that. Can we not? We, we, gotta, just, wrap, we gotta wrap this okay, one up. Okay, fine. We'll save it for but later. But I just... We'll, it be makes you reflect, like, going to the beginning. Yeah. I will say, the thing that the Phantom Menace is good for, and because yeah. there's gotta be a few things, right? Yeah. And one of the things is that it makes you reflect on stories and origins and, and beginnings yeah. and endings and how you get places yeah. and, like, what it is, the impetus for, for doing things. Yeah. And so to, to crack this open and sort of be, like, the things that they destroyed with midichlorians and making, like, taking away yeah. the magic, what can you get out of something like this? And the idea of, like, it's just a story about people, right? And yeah. that there was there was this sort of power in the universe that they put. If you, if you tell somebody that they are something... Yeah 
how much are they going to believe that that's what they are and yeah. like grow into that? So I don't know. I just think it's, it's kind of interesting. I'm glad Venomous exists, I guess, but I really do think you can just lift it out and it, yeah. it's whatever. Don't know when I'm going to watch it again. That's cool. Fair. So right now it sits as number one because it's the only movie that we've put on the ranking. That's fair. I, but I like I, how this works. I think, it'll, I think it'll change next week. Okay. I, I, but uh, that's it for now. Yeah. Um, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Thunderquack podcast and our ranked discussion for Attack of the Clones. I, um, if you, <laughs> there's nothing to stay up to date with. Just if you want to stay up to date with all the content on Thunderquack, yeah. uh, you can head to thunderquack.com. And of course you can follow us on Facebook, uh, at, uh, uh facebook.com slash thunderquack. I'm pretty sure it's just thunderquack. Um, or just search Thunderquack Podcast Network. Uh, we're on Twitter at ThunderquackNet and on Instagram at Thunderquack Podcast. Yeah. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Akonkin, A-K-O-N-K-I-N. That's on Twitter and on Instagram you can add an 86 to find me there. And on Twitter and Instagram I am at ArcWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. Um, and uh, if you like what you hear, we don't have to tell people to go to the Thunderquack yeah, website because they're it. already You're going here. to it. That's exciting. Um, it's totally different. Welcome uh, to the new world of ThunderQuest. Yeah. I, if you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some awesome merchandise. Uh, and the other way is by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack and kicking in with your monthly pledge of support. So uh, if you're already a supporter, we thank you for that. But if you're not, your pledge of a dollar gets you access to... The uh, early access to the Thunderquack podcast every Tuesday. Um, otherwise, you, uh, if you don't want to pay us for that, you can wait until Friday and get it for free on podcast services around the globe. Um, and we've got uh, the extended uncut Thunderquack podcast. Yeah. So you can get All the full it. conversation. In addition to the random crap we talk about, you get additional random crap. Additional random it's crap. good. But um, in a good way. At, that's right. at the $5 level. So head to patreon.com slash Thunderquack if any of that sounds interesting to you. Um, and, uh, we, we appreciate everybody's support. We, we really want to get that number up so that we can improve, uh, audio quality. We can, we can do some video stuff and we can, we can push Thundercrack forward into the future. Um, that's it for this episode and we'll see you on the next suggestions yeah, for how absolutely. we end these things because absolutely. really can i continue to say stay, stay sharp arrowheads until we have something, until else, we have something you can, else you can say that but like you can say stay sharp thund- thundercrackers well it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make it didn't need to make sense stay ducky no that's not <laughs> that's not it okay okay quack quack i've done that so many times yeah. it's the only thing ducks say
همه رو 